Good morning. I want to start out my homily today by giving you a date. April the 8th, 2024. April the 8th, 2024, in the city of Indianapolis, we will be in the spotlight of darkness. Sounds ominous, doesn't it? But it's true. On April 8th, 2024, central Indiana will experience a total eclipse of the sun. The last time we had a total eclipse was 819 years ago in, this, in the state of Indiana. It wasn't a state, of course, but in our area, 819 years ago. Incidentally, if you want a firsthand account of that eclipse, Father Dan was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> he can tell you all about it. I'm saying this because he just got on an airplane to go on his retreat. Guess where? Florida. Mm -hmm. He's not kidding me at all. The path of the eclipse will cut through the United States from Texas to Maine, and Indianapolis will be in the center of the path of total darkness. Very exciting. In that moment, the moon will completely cover the sun, causing day to turn to night for three minutes and 50 seconds. It's exciting to us, thanks to the work of astronomers who can explain the whole thing. People will flock here just as they've gone to other places that experienced a total eclipse, including souvenir pushers and food trucks along the side of the road to minister or to work with the eclipse enthusiasts. They're a little crazy, right? It's often a big party, though, when the last total eclipse happened in the, in the state of Kentucky, a distillery produced total eclipse moonshine. Take a drink, they said, and it'll be lights out. No thanks. Personally, I think about the poor people that walk the earth without astronomers, like parishioner Dr. Ann Heilman, who's an astronomer and a physicist at Butler University. You know, just in a few minutes, a couple months ago, she was able to ascertain the night sky in 1858, no less, during the apparition of Our Lady of Lourdes in France. Thanks to her, as well as parishioner and artist Jill Rund, the night sky is painted behind the Lord's Shrine as it was in the day of the apparition in the elevator hallway downstairs. And our new Lord's Shrine will be dedicated next Saturday evening at 5 o'clock. We'll also anoint any sick parishioners at the 8 a.m. Mass. And it's the Feast of, the, uh, of Our Lady of Lords next Saturday, also known as the International Day of the Sick. I invite you, incidentally, to stop and see the shrine. It's quite beautiful, uh, just going down the elevator, and it's right there uh, in the hallway. But what if we didn't understand all this? It'd be terrifying. Can you imagine hunting or getting an early start on your spring garden or doing laundry, and then, bam, total darkness? I was thinking about April 8, 2024, and that total eclipse as I reflected on our first reading today. At first, Isaiah's message seems a little flat as he relays a list of duties that are pretty obvious to believers or indeed any person of goodwill, you know. Share the bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked, and don't turn your back on your own. It sort of seems like blah, 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 scriptural passages we hear all the time. But Isaiah continues by chronicling what blessings come to us when we live a life of service? That is, you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, here I am. If you do these things, light shall rise from you in the darkness, 
and the gloom shall become for you like midday. So it's kind of the opposite of the eclipse. The day will be like midday. In other words, our service and love of others has the important byproduct of creating intimacy with God, for whom we often long. Make no mistake, God is always with us, but when we reject our calling, turning to a sinful life, it's like that total eclipse. That is, as the moon obstructs the view of the sun, sin obstructs our view of God. Sin obstructs our view of God. So we sit in darkness and depression without knowing why, how, or what is wrong, drowning in the pursuit of our own pleasure instead of true and authentic happiness that is with the Lord. Isaiah is calling us to awareness of the needs of others so that we don't become impoverished in darkness. Bringing it closer to home, Isaiah is calling us to care for others particularly in the Catholic community, and to be aware of the suffering of others. God is also calling us to be the salt of the earth that preserves and flavors what is around us with the will of God. We're called to proactively build the kingdom that gives us many blessings like we heard about last week and we reflected on the Beatitudes. Blessed are we, Jesus says, for the kingdom of heaven is yours. This is the collective work and mission of the people of God, starting at our parish here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel and all the parishes of the Diocese of Lafayette. We are called to work together under the leadership of our bishop to create something beautiful for God. It's the mission of every diocese throughout the history of the church. This weekend, I'm asking for your financial support of that mission through the Catholic Ministries Appeal, also known as CMA. You know, many priests dread doing these kinds of appeals, I must admit, doing this homily seven times is kind of like Groundhog Day, the movie, right? It keeps coming up over and over and over again. But I'm continually renewed to be a part of the universal church founded by Christ himself. And appeals like the CMA appeal is our yearly reminder that we belong to something greater than what just happens in our families, something greater that happens in our parish family, that is, also our diocesan family. You know, sometimes because geographically we are a good distance from Lafayette, the sea city of the diocese, some think that we don't benefit or make a difference in our diocese. But the Catholic Ministries Appeal supports a variety of ministries that our parish, parish and parishioners benefit from every day. And many are also led by our parishioners. For example, CMA supports our diocesan Catholic schools, led by our parishioner Trudy Young, who is the coordinator of Catholic schools throughout our diocese. Our parishioner Rob Hartley leads our diocesan office of evangelization, family life, and pastoral ministry. He works very hard. A growing number of Hispanics from our parish have benefited from diocesan programming that's helping them deepen their connections and ties to our diocese. CMA supports our diocesan seminarians, including Jason DeBolt, Will Young, Eric Wiedela, and Thomas Nelson, all four of them from our parish, uh, eager to serve the people of God once their formation has been complete. CMA supports those aspiring to be permanent deacons 
like parishioners Steve Craver and Carlos Pareto. CMA also supports our vocation office, headed by former parishioner and son of our parish, Father Dominic Pitan, and our former associate pastor, Father Derek Aaron. In addition to supporting those in formation in, in our diocese, our vocation office helps direct people who feel called to religious orders, men and women, thanks to their work, those who hear God's call, and by your support, there will be ministers that will serve you and your children and your grandchildren in the years ahead. Our diocesan Newman centers at Wabash College, Ball State University, Purdue University receive diocesan support and funding that maybe you enjoyed as students at one of those campuses. Now at this point in my homily, I was prepared to brag about the Purdue basketball team. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Okay, if you're an IU person, as long as you'd agree to give a big donation to the Catholic Ministries Appeal, you can applaud right now. Okay. S someone get their names. Get their names. Particularly for us right now, our parish receives support as we build our parish life center through the Diocesan Facilities Office. I'm grateful for the support that some of our parishioners receive from our former associate pastor, Father David Rasner, and the Marriage Tribunal that assists hurting and divorced Catholics in the annulment process. CMA helps ensure our, our Merciful Help Center, the trucks that we use every time. They offer us money for our operation budget. Along with these ministries, CMA supports the important, albeit mundane, functions such as accounting, IT support, health insurance for our employees, and so on. And these employee benefits help us to retain staff and particularly good, good teachers at our parish school in this very competitive job market. We're blessed to be in the largest parish in the diocese and what is also one of the most financially blessed communities in our diocese. And I believe that obligates us to lead in the effort for the Catholic Ministry Appeal. Our goal this year is $818,000. And if we exceed that goal, up to a million dollars, we would get a rebate of over $200,000 that we would be returned to our parish and probably to, uh, put against the loan for our parish life center. This means if that were the case, parish and diocesan ministries will benefit from CMA. You've already received a pledge card in the mail. If you forgot it or you lost it, there are extra copies in the pews this weekend. And they'll be there throughout the month of February as a reminder that we want 100% participation in the Catholic Ministry Appeal from our parishioners. You can also drop it off at the office. You can mail it in as well. I've already made my contribution myself, and so have many from our staff, of which I'm very grateful. So may God bless us as we continue to build the kingdom at our parish in amazing, amazing ways, and also throughout our diocese to fulfill the will of God.